Welcome to another episode of Airbnb with D. Today's episode is about which states now have implemented a cap on application fees and security deposits. Why is this important for you? The number one question we ask ourselves as hosts is which location should we start? Oftentimes we pick that location based off of where we were raised, where we'd like to travel, and that's what we need to stop doing. For now on, promise me that you'll begin to choose locations that not only align with your business goals, but are also easily barriers of entry for you to get in and for you to make a profit. So stay tuned as we go over these dates. I am so excited to get back to the money conversations with you all. So the first conversation we should have begins whenever you're scaling your unit or trying to figure out your first Airbnb unit, you're looking for the right place, you're setting your budget together, but part of that budget includes you knowing how much your application fees, administration fees, and things like that will be. Well, there's a way that you can know in advance what you'll be paying out. And it's not the way that we would love, right? We would love a list for every state and every country that shows us exactly what we'll be paying when we invest in a property, but that's just not something we have. But what we do have in the United States is the Housing Affordability and Security Deposit Act. And what that act does is it limits the amount of money that landlords can charge tenants for security deposits and application fees when they are renting a housing unit, be it an apartment or even a single family home, like even something on Zillow. So let's just go over this. We already know the security deposit is a sum of money that you, the tenant, will pay before moving in. Many of us, especially when we're corporately leasing, our concern is if our business is under two years old, under five years old, will these companies make us pay the highest security deposit amount due to the new age of our business, right? Because you have to consider when you're going into these units and you're applying as a regular individual, you're not going in there as a two-year-old or a five-year-old. You're usually going in there 18 and over, right? With some type of history that these companies can use to kind of see your character, your nature. If you pay, um, should they be expecting their money from you? These are things that they want to know. So our business doesn't quite have that when we're newer. The longer we're in business, the more we're supposed to have to show for it, which is why if you have the Airbnb pre-launch planner, if you're in the Airbnb with D group, if you're a follower of this podcast, you know, I am always encouraging you to build your business credit. Even if it is not something you are actively using, you will need it. And what you'll appreciate more than ever is if in five years, you can pull a report that shows you've been paying $20 on the account for the last five years or whatever, right? Or using the benefits, using the credit cards, going to the Truist Bank and Key Bank. Actually, Truist is closing a lot of their locations. They're not closing their operations as of now, um, but that is something to look out for because when you see a business closing a few of the operations, it could be a good or bad thing. It could be good, meaning they're going virtual. It could be bad, meaning they have lost a large amount of funding and have now become stricter on their lending requirements. Whatever way you choose to build your business credit, whether you are going through something simple like, well, not simple, like incredible. Let's be clear. You should be having all of your accounts under incredible, we already know, and even switching your cell phones to your business. Why? Because you can build credit on that. The credit that they're not willing to allow us to build as individuals, you can build under your business. 
If you're going to pay it, at least pay it in a way that makes you shine on paper. So this is something I want to just put in. We're going to get more into the Housing Affordability and Security Deposit Act, but have you, ever, have you guys ever thought about it? I saw an email this morning that said the short-term rental market is declining. And I'm just laughing, like, declining for who? For that statement to be true, there would mean that there were no short-term stays anymore. That would mean that the United States has somehow passed the requirement that if someone travels, it has to be for two weeks or more, right? And now no one is booking places for one, two, three, four nights. The short-term rental market is in decline. It's actually growing. But what is declining is the market that all of those people bought those properties in to short-term rent. Oh my gosh, they're feeling it. This is why from the jump, I've always expressed, do not buy a property unless it are a special property or a property that you will have in your family. Like if you are purchasing property and leasing it on Airbnb, let's make it make sense. What I prefer is to convert current, you know, um, homeowners or current property owners that are leasing it out long term to go short term rental. But I'm never telling anyone to go out and get a loan and purchase property to short term rent because you can do that via rental arbitrage. Your barrier to entry is much lower that way. You don't have to go out there and do that. And then let's be honest, um, the housing market doesn't have Housing Affordability and Security Deposit Act for purchasers. There are various, there are so many other programs and resources that are available to those that purchase property, um, especially nowadays if they're wanting the lease, there's a loan for that too. Um, but us as renters, we're more protected. If a car depreciates in value, the moment you drive it off the lot, you, right? The moment the owner drives it off the lot, then what do you think happens the moment someone purchases a home and gives someone else who couldn't even qualify for that home the key? Let's be, let's be, let's like, like let's be serious here, right? So this is what I will tell you. For one, if you have a specialty property that you're looking at, specialty like cabin, treehouse, anything like that, even an RV, these are things that if you purchase. Not only can you get a return on investment by leasing, but once you sell that back, you'll get the ultimate return. Now, of course you get your money back when you're selling a home too, but there are so many ways to make that 200, 300,000 that you would have made by waiting for the equity in your home to build. You could have gotten that by leasing properties at the right spaces. So this is what this conversation is about today. What locations are the right spaces to make sure that when we're investing, it's not equivalent to us purchasing property. What keeps our expenditures low and keeps our return on investment high? Knowing your laws. Did you know that both Vermont and Massachusetts prohibit landlords from charging application fees? They can't even charge you an application fee, guys. You know those $300 we're, playing, we're paying per application? I've even showed you ways to get that money refunded. If you have paid an application fee and are denied, for something that was not listed, there is a way for you to get your money back. But why even go through that? Why not go to the places that don't even charge the application fee at all? That 300 we're looking for, now we can put that towards the mattress, the wallpaper, the TV, the light stand, the things that actually bring us the income on that property. Because as we know, just getting those keys doesn't give you um, enough to list it on Airbnb and make a profit. You still have to furnish it. 
So I'm just gonna give you a gameplay example on what I typically do. You guys know I am an accountant by day, so I love numbers. Um, I love, you know, math equations, variables, and things that just make sense. So to me, if I know that places like Vermont and Massachusetts don't charge application fees, as well as they are also limited to what they can charge as far as security deposits, then what I'm gonna do first is locate an Airbnb-friendly property in either of these spaces. And guess what guys, I've already done this for you. So we're just gonna go through this together as an example. So we know that there are no application fees in Massachusetts, that's what I'm gonna start with for you guys. What I'd encourage you to do first is just take a look at alltherooms.com. All the Rooms is a more comprehensive version of AirDNA, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I love, love, love All the Rooms. But AirDNA gives you a little bit of uh, more technical data. So if you're someone that are looking to get a loan or you're looking to present this information you're finding on a property to a partner, I still recommend AirDNA. But all the rooms, if you're just looking for you to get your feet wet, let's go here and get started. It is a free platform. Many of you have already signed up. Again, if you've listened to this podcast, it's, it's a website I always recommend. Um, but if you don't, go ahead and take that time. As you're taking that time, you'll notice that when you go into all the rooms, and I'll actually instruct you how to get there because their layout has changed quite some way. So once you sign in, you actually have to go in under investor. That's gonna be your top tab. And then on the second line, you're gonna click historical. So you'll see it says investor, host, and enterprise. If you are a current host, please feel free to sign up for all the rooms. Even if you don't have any property listed, it's okay. Um, under the host tab, it's gonna ask you for your Airbnb uh, listing link. So you can go ahead and put that in there, get it connected. Don't forget, you do have to pay for the more premium features of this website, but I love it for a free brief overview. So when we go under the investor tab, and then we select historical, and we enter Boston, Massachusetts, we see that they're currently at an average daily rate of $260. We don't know what's going on over here. We don't know, you know what they're talking about. Of course, a deep dive will show you exactly what's going on over here. Um, but whatever is going on, it is allowing us to be able to go into this area, list our spaces and make some money. So then we ask ourselves, what's an Airbnb friendly property there? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let you know one. This is a property I love. I have not yet personally invested in this space, but I've had two clients to successfully complete out a lease term. And that's what we love about rental arbitrage. When you go to a property, three things are gonna happen. You get to go in there, build a great reputation, make your money, leave the place in pristine condition because we have professional cleaners. We're not regular renters, right? We know how to make a place look nice. And another tip is we're submitting all of our work orders prior to our lease ending so that anything that needs to be fixed is fixed during our tenancy rather than us, them trying to take our money from the security deposit, right? And once our lease ends, we're now able to take our security deposit, our profile ratings, everything um, that we've gained at that particular property, the super host status, and now go to a sister property of theirs. Often with an approval already on file, there are only a few other details that need to be submitted in order to get you moved. So this means that if you say, hey, Boston was great for this year, but next year I have my sights set on Colorado, which we're actually gonna talk about that too. That's great. 
find their sister property in that state and do this whole process over. And never one time are you worrying about equity, escrow, um, anything other than what you need to pay, not even anything maintenance concern, because don't forget, when you're in apartment complexes, we have 24 hour maintenance there. So we're not having to go to Thumbtack to get our washer dryers fixed, light bulbs changed, and things like that. It just doesn't have to happen. Pest control is taken care of at the apartment complexes. So we're not having to spend our money externally to get that taken care of. So for this property, dun, dun, dun. If you've listened to me this far, thank you. Lodge at Ames Ponds. When I tell you I love this place, this is in Boston. Well, it's not quite Boston. It's like the um, surrounding area, but still same stats. Uh, so many colleges are over here. So many hospitals are over here. This is the perfect place for contract workers. There are so many IT professionals that have contracts in this area right now. And for those of you that need that spelled out, it's Lodge, okay, L-O-D-G-E, at A-M-E-S Pond, and that zip code is 01876. What I also love about places like this is when you go under the amenities tab. So we didn't have this years ago. If you've been doing Airbnb just as long as be longer, maybe you're newer to it, you still remember we could not go to a property's website and see Airbnb on there. We had to call in and ask them if they accept a corporate lease and then try to slide in short-term rental, right? Well, now you can go right to the amenities tab and see that this property is Airbnb friendly. So you're able to go and lease here, place your property on Airbnb, and make a profit knowing that there is no risk of eviction, no risk of extra fees. Guys, I Airbnb'd at the time where they charged us $1,000 extra every month as a short-term rental fee anytime they caught one of our guests coming into the office or we got caught hosting someone by maintenance, and they would actually give the maintenance men commission on that. So if you ever had a time where you're wondering, and they, and they still do this in a lot of properties, I just stay away from those properties now because who has the time? Once I seen how much money I made in this, it was just absolutely no um, need to do it the incorrect route. So back to Lodge at Ames Pond that if we go to amenities, we see that it is Airbnb friendly. Now, someone may ask, okay, well, if this place is Airbnb friendly, how many days can you host? Because we do know that a lot of these properties have hosting limits, hosting requirements. So on paper, this property does say that you can um, host only up to 120 nights per year. But there is such a workaround around that, that if you have the, either the corporate leasing kit or the Airbnb friendly buildings list, you will have that workaround to avoiding that hosting limit so that you're able to host year round. Some great things in there. Okay, so jumping back to why rental arbitrage is the best method over here. Uh, but no, jumping back to these limits that we have. So that was just an example of Massachusetts, right? But if we look at Maine, landlords can only charge the actual cost of screening. And you'll notice this. You'll notice that the states that I'll be naming out for you in this episode are not going to be targeting the hottest states. And here's just a brief example of why. There are no statutory limits on cap or caps on application fees or security deposits in the following states, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, Ohio, South Carolina, Minnesota, Tennessee, Texas, 
Does something sound familiar there? Those are all of our hottest states. And what we're finding out is that there is nothing that protects us against overpayment in these states from when we're investing in our business. So that only means that a large portion of your money can absolutely be going there. And and let me just put this in perspective because someone may say a $300 application fee is steep, but it's not anything that will save my business. It could. What about as you're just starting to furnish your space? Because we know that that first month is crazy, right? You really need to get that furnishing done within about two weeks of having signed your lease and gotten your keys. And don't forget, your property should have been listed two weeks before you got your keys. There are some things that we do to tweak that, but ultimately you wanted to have been in the algorithm long before the day you needed to be so that you get your bookings right after furnishing. There is nothing more terrible than a person underestimating the time that they needed to furnish or underestimating the time that they needed to have their place listed for a booking. And they don't get their money back before that first of the month. There's even a a formula on when I tell you to sign your lease agreement so that you are not in a situation where you're paying double without getting any bookings or the opportunity to make that money back. Yes, you get your money 24 hours after a guest checks in, but you can't get that money if you don't have guests. So that 300, 400, sometimes even $500 application fees could absolutely be the thing that saves your business from not having to pay another set of rent the first of the month on a property you didn't even get income on yet. Trust me, it feels a lot. 500 feels like 5,000 when you have to pay it out of your pocket because you didn't have a guest book. All of my experienced hosts can attest to this. So the reason why it's also important is because we need to know that we're going to places that landlords are not the bullies or the crooks. For example, now New York is not the best place for Airbnb when it comes to rental arbitrage. But there is a $20 limit for application fees there and a $50 late fee maximum. So if you are late making a payment, they can only charge you $50 or 5% of your monthly rent, whichever is less. Isn't it awesome? Another thing I love is in a place like Wisconsin, there's only a $20 limit for application fee. So anything that you apply for can only charge you $20. And the property owner must provide the applicant with a copy of the background check that was conducted. You know, a lot of places don't do that. They tell us we have the option to receive the information if we want. No, it's mandatory. They have to send that to you. So if you've ever applied to something somewhere and wondering why am I getting my credit report or why am I getting all this information? It's because it's mandatory in these places. Another reason why that's good is because Wisconsin is an amazing place for short-term rentals with a slew of properties that are Airbnb friendly. These things all go hand in hand for us ultimately because we're not starting a business to be cute. We're starting it to make money. So if our objective is to make money, we need to know which spaces protect us the most. One of my favorite places is Colorado. Colorado was actually my third state. My first state was Georgia. My second state, I um, launched Airbnbs in California and Colorado is my third. And it is also to this day, still my fave. I still love to get properties here. My lease just ended at my favorite spot and it wasn't for anything bad. It was just, hey, 
I'm paying more money here than I want. I found another property where I can take my same furniture. It's not as nice, but it doesn't matter. I don't own this property. I just want money. I'm not in this to go live in it myself. I'm in this to provide a quality stay at a maximum profit for me. So where my lease just ended, Central Union Station. Um, it's located in the ballpark district in Colorado. It's so amazing. But what I love about Colorado is Colorado is also included in one of the states with the $30 um, application maximum. Only being able to charge you the cost of the actual screening. But one thing I also love, because you guys know, I do recommend if you have an Airbnb friendly property, if you're going to apartments, be sure to allow pets. Pets are the easiest way for you to make additional money on Airbnb.com. You can charge $200 for a pet fee, $300, $500. It doesn't matter. You can charge what you want and it is up to that pet owner to decide if their pet is important enough to pay that amount like they would pay on an airplane. And don't feel bad. Realize that there are people buying plane tickets, paying extra luggages, shipping, handling, all type of stuff and they are okay with doing it. When they go out of town, if they don't take the babies with them, they're paying boarding fees. They're going to rover.com and paying people to watch them. So trust me, charge your fee too. But what I love is when we go to places and we let them know, hey, we have a pet, um, sometimes they try to get the money that way. If they don't charge a lot in the security deposit, if they don't charge a lot in the application fee, oh my gosh, that pet deposit is $500, $1,000, and sometimes even $125 a month. Well, in places like Colorado, a refundable deposit of $300 is going to be the maximum that they can charge for a pet rent. Or, or if they want to recuperate their cost another way, they can do an additional 1.5% more rent or $35 a month, whichever is greater. But they can't do both. So that means that there is no pet deposit and pet rent which is ultimately helpful for you. Oh my gosh, because guys, these charges add up. All we're trying to do is make more money in this game, right? So let's jump right into the Housing Affordability and Security Deposit Act. This is a federal legislation that aims to increase the affordable housing and protectors of renters' rights. I say that in air quotation. But I'll tell you what this act provides. It does provide grants to states that implement policies such as limiting security deposits, expanding eviction protections, and creating rental assistance programs, which completely makes sense for the United States because the United States is a business. And now that this is a grant, this all becomes tax deductible. I don't know if you guys remember the program that Zillow or the pilot that Zillow launched, which was the 1% down payment in Arizona or for Arizona home buyers. And what they were saying is not that lenders can't charge the standard 3% or whatever percentage they were looking for, but what they would agree to in lieu of charging everyday home buyers the additional percent, they'd only charge them one and submit paperwork to receive the grant funding for whatever the remainder was so that they're technically not losing any money. So imagine this. The United States has to come up with an act where states get to choose if they wanted to participate on basically not overcharging us for rent and offering rental assistance programs in that area. That's crazy. It's crazy that there has to be an act initiated to show 
um, citizens that we are protected because you aren't. Depending on where you go to rent properties, I've heard nightmares. This is why I love to corporately lease. And I think rental arbitrage is so smart in such a declining market in such an ever-changing economy. When inflation is high, um, I am not interested in knowing that I've lost money on anything. So even renting properties allows you a strict monthly payment contractual agreement. They can't change that. There's no change in escrow. You don't have to put more money in your savings account um, for anything other than maybe an increased water bill, sewage bill, or something like that. But as for the 12 states that have participated in the program that receive funding, so they actually have already began to receive funding to stop the overcharging of um, application fees, security deposit, and to enact rental assistance programs. California, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington. So this is as of January. Rhode Island has just now become a part of that as of January 1st, 2024, so we can add them to the list. While Rhode Island doesn't have any Airbnb properties, we discussed that in the last segment, this is a time where I say, hey, if you're asking yourself where I should start, let's take a look at what's actually going on in the economy and let's use these states as a list to determine maybe where you should start that may be most profitable for your business. One of the things that is the most sad to see is when an aspiring host becomes a um, discouraged host. They're stopping the business. They don't want to do it anymore. They want to sell their furniture. They want to just give up on it. Airbnb has become too much. Airbnb is a business, just like working a job is a business, just like interviewing is a business, filling out the application. There are so many tedious parts of life that we hate to do, but we do it because we were told that's what we were supposed to do. These things were indoctrinated in us. So I want you to know that the information that you learn is only going to help you to realize what's really going on in the world around you and how the business that you start today can actually be the business that sets you free from that poverty line. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was so great to talk to you all in the new year. If you have not already gotten the Airbnb pre-launch planner, you are missing out um, because even the workaround to the Airbnb friendly apartments hosting limits is in there too. So there's absolutely no reason why you can't make money. There are now properties partnering with Airbnb to make it simple for you guys. Come on, like let's just jump in, get the help you need, and let's just get it taken care of. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you are not a member of the group, you're also missing out. Check out the links in this episode's description so that you can stay connected with the community.